Hello Broncos fans and welcome back to Six Again, the podcasting home of the once mighty Brisbane Broncos, now the proud owners of the 2020 Auden Spoon. I'm your host Mm. Chase and joining me on the deck is my man on the inside, rugby league guru Mitch Edwards. How are you bro? I am relieved. I'm happy that's over. Thank you. Fuck. I f- we don't yeah, have honestly, to watch any more Brisbane Broncos yeah, for twenty twenty. It's it's you know, thinking about the pod today and everything tied into one, it's gonna be a pretty, you know, conclusive wrap up of our thoughts of the year and, and obviously we'll go into what we think is coming up and I thought, what can I talk about for like to expect? And I mean, honestly, it's so bad. You can literally only expect better. Like any, I, I actually can't see it being any worse. So that's the only thing I'm clinging to right now. But but honestly, uh, watched the game last Thursday, um, and just so numb to it. You know, like the year had been so bad leading up to the point where I genuinely thought we were a chance to beat the Cowboys, but obviously the game got away from us after Katoni Staggs left the field, and it, it, it didn't even like. It was weird. I felt bad that it didn't hurt as much as it as it should have when it was official that we were the wooden spooners. So, mm. pretty much sums up how I feel about the game, the season, um, and I'm genuinely looking forward to a good NRL final series because I think there's a couple of contenders there, and and I'm looking forward to not having to think about the Broncos for you know three or four months. I think us along with probably every single person that listens to this podcast and you know a whole whole section of Broncos fans have thought you know as every round rolled on being like is this the bottom like is this rock bottom no 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 this is rock bottom no 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 no, no, this no, no, no. Is now. rock bottom oh no 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 there's a little bit further we're so, under boring now so here we are on the 29th of September Mark my words, this is rock bottom. We're there, and it's all uphill from here, okay? So... I'm not convinced yet. <laughs> I, I think there's... And I'll go into it later. I think there's one more thing that'll get us to rock bottom, but we'll go into that later. Thank you for supporting the podcast through 2020, guys. Uh, you can continue to get us on all our social media pages throughout the final series, into the off-season. We always like to uh, to hear from you guys, so get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 6again. You can get us on Twitter at Bronco6again. Listen to this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. If you like it, leave a review, give it five stars, send it to your friends. Let's kick this one off. <coughs> Mitch, what a way to finish the year. Like you said, a glimmer of hope that we might squeaky bum our way out of the wooden spoon position, playing against a very lowly and pretty underperforming Cowboys side at Suncorp Stadium. A fairly decent showing in terms of crowd too, and they cough up a 32-16 loss. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Uh, in the context of how it will be viewed in history. Did you, you know, it could be one of those seasons where we escaped the wooden spoon. You know, the Broncos have never won the wooden spoon and people say, oh, but you were pretty bad that one year, but we could always have said, but we didn't get it. Yeah. Um, Look, the only way to take it for me is it's a marker of where you never want to be again. Um, And I, I genuinely think it's a marker for that playing group and it has to be something that is addressed with the new coach and coaching staff on on using it as as the point of which 
of no return, basically, for this playing group and the club going forward as we hopefully start the very, very long climb up what seems like the Dawn Wall, the almost unclimbable, unclimbable mountain um, moving forward. But uh, look, I think it's just the biggest, for me as a fan, and I'm sure for everyone listening, it's the biggest, you know, ice bucket over the head moment it's just like wow this club that we could always boast about so proudly has fallen to a depth that you know growing up in brisbane as a young man watching that team go around you'd never think it was possible never would have thought this is possible like uh so there's actually nothing to say i mean that's that's where i am well to to tell you what the the dawn wall the guy did it with you know nine fingers so you know He's, he's done Anything's right. possible. Anything's possible. But, but it took him <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> this is what should fuel the Broncos going into next se- into an off-season, really. this I mean, this is... I don't know whether they tear down all the, the Seabold mottos that they've got graffitied all over the, the walls at Clive Burkhoff has That burn the boats, things got to go. But the first wooden spoon in the club's history. After previously having never finished in the bottom four in any previous season across 33 years... We had three wins, 17 losses. Post-COVID break, one win, 17 losses. We're currently on an 11-game losing streak, which is a club record. Yep. Our last win was in round nine against the Canterbury Bulldogs. Since 2004, only two teams have finished with a worse point differential than this 2020 Broncos team. Negative 356. It, I think it's something to the tune of like an average score of 33 to 12 in every game. Unbelievable. Uh, only one team has ever finished with fewer victories, and that is the Newcastle Knights of 2016. If that's not enough fuel for this group to put in the yards that need to be put in during this off-season and to come back next year, round one, and give their fans a respectable showing, I don't know what is. Like, that's, that is the pits of despair. Reading that, like, I mean, numbers are just numbers, but... You know, and I mean, I a bad season is a bad season, but that is historically the, the bad. The big thing for me right now is that, mate, there's no... The the squad's going to be much the same. Correct. So th- the job is just unbelievable. Anyway, I don't need to go into that now. I'm sorry. But, sure that's why they yeah. should have the fuel in them. That's, I mean, it should yeah. fuel them because, you know, if you bring in some fresh blood, I mean, they haven't got the, the open wounds from the season that they had that's to endure. Fair. That's fair. You know, that, yeah, that might be a good thing. That might be a bad thing. Who knows? Yeah. Um, probably the worst thing that came out of last Thursday was, uh, or last Friday, was the Tony Staggs injury. Just cruel stuff. You know, like that number yeah. six jersey is just fucking cursed right now but you've got a feel for him yeah Uh, probably looking like making his origin debut Um, and I guess for Broncos fans you know I would say on balance he was the guy that we had to pin our wagon to for this year I mean playing centre it's it's a big task to be your match winner week in week out but um, you know David Fafita Jr. played really well for us when he was on the park but Katoni Staggs on mass, you know, for the amount of games he played him and Payne Haas were sort of the, the shining lights for us this year. And I feel, I mean, in a year when you've won three games, you just describe the stats, uh, you know, and Katoni was still trying his guts out when given the right opportunity and, and ample ball in the right, you know, spaces on the field. And I mean, the shrug offs on Ewan Ake and Josh Mansour, you know, some of the stronger outside backs just show what kind of talent and freakish strength this kid's got. For it to happen in the last game, you know, of a hellish season when you probably yourself just want to get to the end, it's it's cruel luck and, it, and it's just another fucking 
nail in the coffin that is 2020. That's it. You just want to almost get the the men in black memory eraser out, get Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones right here, look yeah. in this light look right here, Beam, yeah. clear the memory. Because yeah. it's just ever since that March or April kind of cut off where we're like, you know, get out of here, boys, we're on a break. Um, it's just been an absolute avalanche of shit that's happened since that day. Um, Katoni Staggs, you know, what a great year for him, a, a, a breakout for him and I'm sure that he will rediscover the form that he gave us this year on mm. the attacking side of things. I was really looking forward to him being able to spend an off-season uh, working on his defense and like I yeah. felt like there was a lot of times this year where he thought he had to do it all himself and that was to I mean, the detriment he, his, of our line. His defense is good. His one-on-one defense is good but he's strong. his defensive reads are bad, yeah. yeah. So and it would have been great to be able to sit him Herbie down and his defensive technique is bad and his defensive reads are good. So yeah, but I, I agree. Like, and here we are, you know. <laughs> exactly. We're so close to actually being like, okay, that's one less problem we have to worry about. You know, Katoni Stag's bad defensively. Oh, no, now he's in rehab for the next six months. Cool. Anyhow, on the good news, though. Yes. Talk to me. What do we got? Darius Boyad. Darius Boyd, my man. Finally. It's over. After the years and years of placards, courtesy of Ugh. Six Again, you know, us rioting out the front of Red Hill, you know, burning effigies of Darius Boyd. It's all over. That's it's it. over. That's the last time that we are going to have to see Darius Boyd pull on a Broncos jersey. How fitting that he scores a try, you know, for all the Darius lovers out there that were like, oh, I told you, still got some juice left in those legs. Mate, yeah, mate. Cool. good riddance. Goodbye. The fallout from the game against the Cowboys, uh, where, you know, the wooden spoon is bestowed on the, Br- the Brisbane Broncos of 2020, and Darius Boyd in, in all his glory uh his complete shamelessness decided oh, that it would be the most distasteful thing i've ever seen it just it, it reeks of someone that not understanding how poor his social you know reckoning is right now it's just un. i mean some people are like oh what's the big deal like he's only human it's a baby um, <laughs> but like i guess if and i'm sure a lot of the the guys that listen to us probably watch their nrl 360 and stuff i think um Paul Kent described it the best. It's 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 such a bad look. I mean, this squad is also numb to the defeats because you know five minutes after confirming the wooden spoon, they're all gathered around in a big smiley circle, jumping around to celebrate the fact that Darius Boyd's third kid is a girl. Like, um, you know, and you said to this to me before, so I don't want to steal your thunder, but you know, Darius came out through the week. Oh, you know, I'm the I'm the quiet kind of guy that you know just going to sneak off into the background his missus came out and said you know Darius isn't the guy that wants the accolades you know he'll just finish the game shake hands and walk off and with his head held high and blah 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 blah. and you know when you read his stats it's just like unbelievable to think the career he's actually had and, and how woeful he was at the end but to make his last act on a football field about him after the two years that Bronco fans have had to suffer after the fact that we've just been resigned to a wooden spoon for the first time in our history Mate, it just lacks any sort of recognition. Oh. I don't want to go. You know what? Like it's over. So That's it. It's because, done. and I don't like. I don't want to harp on about it too much. There are two sides to the to the, the the coin. You know, one is yes, we're all human beings. Whatever. He wanted to share a special moment with his with his teammates um, in a place that's special to him at Suncorp Stadium. Cool. I would have probably. 
preferred that to be in private, whether that's in the sheds, or let the fans dissipate, let them leave, let the cameras all get switched off, and yeah, then they go out into the middle with the lights still on and they do something fun with the group, you know, something to bring them together yeah, at the end, whatever. Because if they're all friends, that's fine. A couple fine. of private Instagram posts would have, you know, snuck under the radar. Unfortunately, they do it. You're not, right I'm not kidding there. you. Five minutes after full time, the cameras are Camera still rolling. Still rolling, yep. And it is. It's the. It's the jumping around. It's the. The laughing. It's the. It's the slap uh, in the face to the members that were just. They were probably there just out of respect to the fact that the guys played 327 games. They're embarrassed already, as the players should be, ready to just clap him off, and they have to fucking watch that. Like it was just. It's a bit too much for me because, it is. It just reeks of the player and the man that Darius Boyd has been for a few years now who just lacks complete social awareness of everything happening around him you know he pretends like you know I can rise above the bullies I rise above the bullies when in reality those people aren't bullies they're just realists Realists, and they and they are paying their hard earned money they are your biggest stakeholders to the club that pays you your money yeah yeah. I mean it just reeked of no respect Um, this 2020 Broncos team has I mean this is not a, a fresh take this is not a hot take for the for everyone but the leadership has come under fire you know example Massive. A is Darius Boyd you know clearly um, this young playing group who uh, they're all stars in their own right coming through the ranks junior kangaroos mm. Q Cup stars they've come into grade and they're like all right well this is this is all pretty easy look look at our it's all, we're rolling through it training here yeah why are we getting whacked every weekend what's going on here. The leaders at the club have clearly not been able to pave a path for them and show them the ropes and, and show them basically what the expectation is in first grade. And and nothing spoke more to this than I'm sure a lot of you would probably follow the Broncos, the official Brisbane Broncos um, Facebook pages and, and Instagram yeah. pages. And the morning after the loss, so it would have been Friday morning, I'm sure now, yeah, because I was in the office, um, they put out a one-on-one bit of a, like a confessional with Alex Glenn. It was just more of like a bit of a sob story apology for the, the season that was. And, you know, it, it kind of gave you a bit of insight into, I mean, what's what's happened? And I'm sure there was someone on the other side of the camera that was prompting Alex with, with questions. This is the same guy uh, who wants a seat at the table for, oh. you know, for all the important decisions of this club. But you worry about playing football. 15 minutes this, this little video went for. And it was... 14 and a half minutes of excuse making as to how hard done by the group was and, and how hard it had been under the uh, the COVID conditions. But the thing that got me the most was 2 minutes 42 into this video. Go and look it up. Anyone out there, I'm sure you've all got computers uh, or apps or smartphones. 2 minutes 42 into this interview with Alex Glenn. <clears throat> we didn't expect to be back until early August at best. For those of you that remember, the competition restarted on May 28th. Hmm. So that playing group, who, when they came back, you could you could tell they were underdone. You could just yeah. see it in them. It just reeks of the arrogance and entitlement of how lazy and unprepared they were because they honestly thought, and their captain, who's supposed to be the one keeping them all accountable when they're at home, supposed to be working out on their own, keeping fit, keeping mat, match fit, couldn't, I agree. Even, couldn't even hold his tongue in a freaking sob story to basically confess to everyone that, yeah, we weren't ready. We were at home taking selfies and playing PlayStation and ordering Uber Eats because we honestly didn't think we were coming back till August. Hey, mate, guess what? 
the entire competition blew past you in those couple of months because you just didn't expect anything. You just expected that it was all going to be okay. And guess what happens to those that expect things to come to them? You get fucked up upon your resumption. It's, I just, Alex Glenn for me, I, I think of all... Bad of the, taste in the mouth. Of all of the, the 30 men that pulled on Broncos jerseys this year, I don't think anyone's opinion in my books has fallen as far as Alex Glenn. And that is... Including Darius. Yeah, I mean, like, he was probably already yeah, 30. I mean, you can't really fall. <laughs> how, far, really fall how much further far. can you no, fall? No, no, look, honestly, I, I'm, I'm much the same. I think I think a guy, um, you know, in control of a team that uh, is playing so badly and then still publicly supports the coach and then says he wants a seat at the table. Like, mate, sorry to tell you, you, I mean, we sung his praises because he... We honestly thought he was probably the best option at the time. And, and, and look, we're wrong. I mean, let's put our hands up too. Everyone has to be accountable for the things they say. And that's false hope on, on my behalf there. I, I genuinely thought, you know, from what I'd seen of him as a auxiliary leader of that squad over the last couple of years, I genuinely thought that he could lead by his actions on the field as being a tough, gritty, you know, player that's willing to stay in the grind, keep his hand on the flame kind of thing. But, you know, this year I saw a guy that dropped his head and just it's it's just words from him everything that he does is just words even when you like I, I I really tried to when it was going bad and it was still affecting me I was really trying to like feel the vibe like watching him behind the trial and I'm watching him address him I'm just thinking I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking if I'm a young guy putting putting in I'm just listening to this guy just thinking shut the fuck up mm. and I mean uh, I am involved in football as are a lot of people around um you know, that listen to this podcast and, you know, you guys know as well as I do, there's always a voice in the dressing room where like, you know, someone said, or we finish on a nice note, then someone decides to add their two cents in and just no one respects that person. And yeah, it's met all the eyes eye rolls. Drop, all the eyes drop to the ground, you know, there's no eye contact. It's just everyone goes quiet and sort of like sucks down on the lemon sort of thing. And, and that's the kind of vibe I got off the Alex, Alex Glenn thing. And, and I, mate, I didn't even bother watching that 15 minute video because I actually don't want to be fed any bullshit like I I don't need to be fed that like the season was bad you were poor you were pathetic I don't want an excuse you know okay you had your injury problems yourself and all the rest of it but uh, as far as a leader goes you know I never once saw him tuck that ball under his arm and run with no fucking care for his own his own well-being at the line to say like come on boys let's fucking go here like follow when me. all else follow fails me. like I will put my body on the line for this team yeah he let never once saw that so he let a young man in Pat Carrigan do it for him he was basically big time big time you know, hey listen uh, breaking news spoiler alert whatever you want it to be Alex Glenn will not be the captain next Carrigan? year I think Kevin will probably address that yeah yeah that's fair I think that Pat Carrigan will retain the captaincy into yeah, next season. Yeah, I think. Oh, look, I think uh, Pat Carrigan get is a. It's funny he gets a lot of uh, mixed support. I know that there's family members of mine. One one uncle of mine that is a keen contributor to our podcast mm. these days doesn't rate him. He's he's a toiler at best. And I mean, look, that's probably fair. He's, he needs to get an offload. It, it, yeah, I mean, as a lock, his footwork's good, his work rate is good. But yeah, he probably does need to develop a few things in his game. But I think. You he's know, also he, 20, yeah, he's also one years old or something. Twenty-two. I think, I guess, as a you know, as a fan watching that team, and and uh, I actually see, uh, seek some comment about Pat Carrigan and, and from the younger guys because I have a few little connections with guys that you know know the younger playing group and and 
one player that we might have just been speaking about said about a particular other middle forward who might be known as the puppy dog if he you know comes third man into the tackle again and tries to stay at marker one more time I'm going to make sure he never plays first grade at the Broncos Mm. again like so it it goes to show that like for me that was a little snippet amongst other things which I don't want to go and and spread too much stuff just you never know where it can go but um of how the younger guys sort of viewed the leaders or, you know, more experienced Definitely. guys like uh, Submissive Puppy. Uh, and guess what? They're all part of the Alex Glenn gang. Like, yeah, yeah. We're talking so about- the Milford, Alex Glenn, Jaffa and Gowie, I, I think that that group's on the nose and I think that Kevy probably can probably see that and, and, and that's why the leadership has to go from Alex Glenn and go go elsewhere and you got to put you got to place the power in, in, in a different faction of the club, I mm-hmm. think. Because um, it is faction, so... I mean, let's let's get into what twenty twenty one will bring and what you know you and do who will be at the helm and, and obviously you've you've broken the news. Kevin Walters, oh, the captain. That's right, the, yeah. the captain. Kevy's going to captain, captain coach. He's back in the six. I mean, no, couldn't do much worse. Kevin Walters to coach the Broncos uh, into next season. Um, Two year deal, um, which it's probably the Broncos protecting them their bacon a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone got their way here. The, you know, the, the screaming kid got the chocolate bar at Woolies, like, and the screaming kid being former Broncos, chocolate bar being Kevy, like, you know, and mum being the board. Yeah, well, it's... I, I, know, we've, I mean, we've spoken about it at length. Um, it's not like we were blessed with other options. Um, no. Kevy's the, the cleanest dirty shirt, but it also, it's going to appease a huge faction that will be of benefit to the club moving forward amidst what is going to be a hot mate Kevin Walters is about to take on the toughest job in Australian sport it's the biggest club in the country it is in the darkest of times the roster is still an absolute mess like you said they're all coming back and he's got a cultural problem there. He's got a he's got a board that's got a unwilling board. to he's, he's un, got a, he's unwilling got a to take blame. They're I mean, but he's got take... a board that's leaking to the media and, and and stepping beyond their means. I mean, even Carl Morris again. Why do I keep hearing fucking Carl Morris's mm. name? I never even knew who Carl Morris was until this year. Again, I'm you know he's had his say about the boy thing. It's like, mate, what you think about what happens needs to stay with you and the board, and you need to enact. Your, you know, your CEO and through the channels to hand down punishments and to, to change that behavior rather than coming out and leaking to the media every time. Like I'm looking at, if I'm Kevy, like Kevy's coveted this job for so long and, and we're still assuming that it's 90% true that he's going to be announced tomorrow, right? He's coveted a job so long and Fox Sports did a great article today about it where, you know, Michael Ennis pointed out all the things and you're talking about that you know a roster that's in turmoil no recognised fullback um, you know loser mentality hmm. a board that wasn't even 100% like keen on Kevy keen on him so we had a 50-50 split apparently down the, the Paul Green and the Kevy thing because Paul Green does have the credentials Kevy does not Kevy's the to romantic the that, choice to, 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 to the point that Paul Green's calling some of the players and telling them they've got, got the job. like you know, and and, I, and and like I'm not going to give too much time to the, the the Paul Green and what they do and don't bring because you're all smart enough to to read between the lines. We've spoken about it before. Paul Green is a very smart football coach, but he's also very strange. Like all the feedback I've ever had from guys who've been coached by him is he's Weirdo. extremely strange and he gets on the piss 
and overstays his welcome. The players eventually get off him. But he does command respect, and he has runs on the board. Mm. Kivy does not have that. But he's apparently, by all means, a great guy. He understands footy. And I guess one thing that we get from him as, as, a, as Queensland coach is he understands the motivational and, and the purpose stuff. So, you know, but that, that runs out of steam after a while. Definitely. You know, what's your purpose? You know, who are you playing for? Like, the whole romance, like, I want to see that burn the boat sign pull down from the gym. And I'd love it to be emblazoned with large photos of all the premiership winning sides holding the trophies so that whoever the fuck is in the colours get a really good idea of the history of the club and, and the calibre of the player that have pulled on the jersey and achieved success there but eventually that has an expiry you know systematic approach needs to take place proper coaching uh, development pathways you know taking steps in the right direction um, and you end up with a really fine-tuned system in the end but um, it's it seems a million miles away and you know like everyone got their wish you know the majority of people making noise wanted Kevin Walters to get this job and you've thrown him in at possibly the fucking worst time ever. So Kevy either comes off looking like shit and never coaching again, including Origin, or he looks a million dollars. There's only two ways this goes. There's no middle of the park. Well, you're, you're absolutely right in the sense that, you know, him dragging him across the road at Fulcher Road there, across to the old gym with no air conditioning. Big time. And the old bent goalposts. Like, he can drag him down there for an off-season of hell, but that's only going to stand up for so long. At some yeah. point... Rugby league has become a science in a lot of a lot of senses. Um, yep. You know, and, and I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain this. Like, Kevin Walters is going to need some great assistance. I think. I think Big he time. is going to need. I mean, Neil Henry's name gets thrown around a little bit. There's been talk of you know, them trying to get Kearney back into the frame. Kearney signed with Melbourne, and I'm glad he's not coming back. So. Who like who, who realistically is gonna I guess name there's no point throwing those names out because Kevin Walters will probably bring his own stuff in and they'll probably yeah. they'll probably be fair. Look, I, I actually think Josh Hannay's probably a guy that ends up there. He's um he's Kevy's current assistant at Origin level and he's already announced that he's leaving the Cowboys. He lived in Brisbane prior to going back to the Cowboys. He was a South Logan Magpies coach. So just putting two and two together, I think Josh Hannay's a guy that probably ends up on his staff. Um, have heard otherwise have heard that Josh Haney could end up at Sydney Club too but you know that's just all rumour and innuendo but when you look at the facts of it you know um, Seabold was actually Kevy's first assistant when he cleaned out the Origin side uh, and then and then he brought in Josh Haney after Seabold got the Rabbitohs gig so I think Josh Haney ends up there and look by all, me, by all reports another good guy you know, gets along with the playing group kind of guy, but you know, I want to know who I want to know who the conditioner is. I want to know who the guy that adds the mm. steel to this pack is. Um, uh, there's two guys actually that I can speak on behalf of. Um, Tony Guilfoyle and Elliot Jackson just got appointed to the Dragons with Anthony Griffin, and I, I saw the social media comments about those two, and everyone that panned, uh, you know, about the, about his staff basically, you know, the staff that he's mm. brought in at the Dragons. Uh, everyone that throws shit at that, uh, you know, I guarantee you one thing, the Dragons will be conditioned and ready to go. Those guys are very sound operators. Um, look, so you got Hane there. I keep hearing Neil Henry, but, you know, Neil Henry has been linked to, a, like, a lot of jobs in Brisbane, in QRL. Um, you know, he's linked to the initial sign-up at the Maroons there. And I'm sure that he'd have something to offer, but I, I want... You know, I, I want a guy, like, I want a, a hardhead. I, you need... Who's doing the defence with these guys? That's what I want to mm. know. 
because uh, Neil Henry to me was Mao's right hand man. Um, you know, great tactician, same as Michael Hagen kind of coach, right? Definitely. Yeah. Um, Josh Hannay is the same though. He's very attack oriented. He was a center. He he reads the game, and I want to know who the the hard head is. And I mean, I guess we wait and find out. Um, but again. You know, Kevy will want to have that guy that he's paying, you know, Mr. Positivity or the magic, the magician or whatever he is. You know, <laughs> the coach make, whisperer. The coach whisperer. You know, to make sure that that he's that he's you know backing his judgment and it's got a you know the staff that come with him are, are just as important and you know it's to the point for me where you know that that same condition has been there for years and and you look at him and even I think he looks complacent, Alfie. Like, is it time? I mean, keep in mind, Wayne Bennett sacked Paul Green and Kevin Walters from his coaching staff at the end of 2005. Let's not forget that. Mm -hmm. Everything goes and comes around in coaching circles. And in 2006, we went on to win the premiership. So you've got to make ruthless decisions. And uh, I wait eagerly to see what he comes up with. But the only one person I genuinely have a feeling might end up there is Hannay. Interesting. There you go. Uh, The Kevy... Coaching appointment was at, was asterisked by a lot of reports through the week uh, that it's conditional on the fact that he needs a coaching director, basically yeah. someone to keep him accountable, uh, manage the someone football for department. Someone to lean on when he's got questions. Definitely not so much an on the grass guy, more of like an operations guy. Yeah, recruitment, retention, you know, things that the Broncos have really let slip um, in the past few years. Um, and obviously the, the guy that they want, the, the man that they're headhunting is Craig Bellamy. Yep. Um, I mean, media's trying to do their best, upset the apple cart here, you know, on the verge of a final series. It, it just reeks to me of, of what happened with the David Fafita stuff over an extended period of time where they're, you know, they're, they're leaking contract conditions, what's happening, we're confident he'll sign by Monday, this, 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 this. I'm, man, I don't know what people think Craig Bellamy is sitting at home thinking when he sees all this stuff get I mean, leaked out every other yeah. night. He's got a football team that he wants to take to a grand final. He's probably sitting at home being like, if they fucking think that this is going to make that job appealing to me, they've got another thing coming. I can easily see him just getting completely disillusioned with this whole club and, and what, what it means to, to be existing in this Broncos media sphere. Either that or the story's just complete bullshit anyway. So, oh, no, I don't I, know I, which I, one's I, what. I, I, I think there's legs to it. I think Bellamy's come out and said he's talking to three clubs about his future. Mm. And I mean, let's be real. It's Melbourne, it's the Broncos, and it's probably the Titans. Like, if we really had to dig into this, they're probably the three, right? Um, and when I expressed before that we haven't quite hit rock bottom yet rock bottom would be the fact that our board keep leaking shit like this Mm. and we just can't keep it under wraps long enough to scare him off because look at the history with Bellamy we've gone after him four times now Mm. and on the past three occasions we've had him pretty much signed as well but he just drove his price up he slipped out of the net he slipped out of the net now if by all reports it's true that he wants to you know He's loving the climate on the Sunshine Coast. He's loving, you know, his daughter lives in Brisbane, blah, 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 blah. He wants to work three days a week. You know, Melbourne are happy to accommodate that. But, you know, the thought of having to get on a plane and live down there still three days a week would not appeal to him. So there is a box seat there, right? But for all your reputation, for everything you've done, 
to look at the fucking steaming bag of dog shit on the, on your doorstep that is the Broncos and its million dollar pay packet. Do you, you know, does he get cold feet and think, fuck, I don't want to stake, I don't want to pin my name to that. Mm. I don't want to pin my everything I've worked for to that. It's a big one, mate. And uh, look, if he slips through the net again, uh, you know, I, I see, I think Ben Eichen's been pretty uh, public in his criticism for that model. And I understand that. I also think Ben Eichen's a little bit, you know, scorned ex-girlfriend because he missed the Jaded. job he wanted. Um, and look, with Kevy, I think that model can work. I think, you know, it's a clear roles and responsibilities thing. You know, I think the big thing Bellamy can do is he adds an aura to the club he adds class um, he adds a success he understands what success looks like mm-hmm. so he can you know politely nudge Kevy in the right direction if he thinks we're going down the wrong path um, you he know will set expectations. he will set he will attract exactly. talent he will identify well, talent well apparently he, he doesn't talent. want to deal on with any players on the, on the player side but he can definitely offer an opinion on character and, and the kind of guys that he tried to build you know a legacy out of so I think it, you know, for money, for money wise, you know, the, the million dollars a year does not bother me at all. With a club, you know, a club with all the money to spend, you know, that's the kind of money you spend to get ahead if you can afford mm. to. Like, we can't cheat the salary cap, so spend exactly. it where you can. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a different thing to spend a million dollars on useless shit. I think it's money well spent, mate. Absolutely. Like, would you rather him on your side or on Melbourne's side? Absolutely, you want him on your side. I mean, I've been the biggest critic of. Uh, in the Melbourne Storm, you know, football club for a long time. Not not because of the success that they've brought and the level of professionalism and the fact that they're able to continually churn out the Melbourne Storm robots in all in every position they you know, they they pick a guy off the, the top of the heat, they upload the Melbourne Storm software into their brains and come round one, they're they're already Superstar. guns. Um it's it's never been about that. It's 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 other things. It's just you know what they've done to the the fabric of rugby league. But having Craig Bellamy come to Brisbane, you know he's 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 coached a game for the Broncos before. You know you gotta remember mm. when Wayne was off coaching State of Origin once. You know Craig was uh, the standing coach. You yeah. think he's one from one, so he's an undefeated Broncos coach as it is. So to have him in a coaching director's role, I think it could work I mean I can't it could work name, with Kevy. I mean it could work with Kevy, and that's what you've got to kind of hope that he's, he's the right kind of submissive coach to be able to accept that kind of um, uh, again, that kind it, of direction it, yeah, from a, a coaching it's, director because it's just look roles at what, and responsibilities but look at what happened with like with Gus look what's happened with Daniel Anderson in the past like other guys that have been put in coaching director roles and it just hasn't worked because yeah difference there I think the biggest difference there is the fact that Gus proclaims he has no ego, yet he has the biggest fucking ego in rugby league. And like, this is not a Gus Gould bash up because I respect his opinion. I think he understands the game with the most intimate knowledge that you could ever understand. But he does have an ego that he needs to feed. And it was obvious in the stuff that, and even the way the Penrith thing's being portrayed now, it's just wrong. Um, I genuinely think that Craig Bellamy doesn't have that kind of ego issue. I think that but again my worry is because he's the guy that always goes into bat for his players hence why his players get up for him mm. he battles the board for his players he bat, you know he goes into bat seat. for them against the media he's the guy that players want to play for you know he'll take the battering he will cop the heat for his players I don't think you know I think that Craig Bellamy is a better Wayne Bennett because Wayne Bennett's 
proclaimed for years that he doesn't have an ego and it's always about the players. Well, you know, his behaviour of the last decade <laughs> suggests otherwise. And, and, there's, and you can't argue that. Whereas I've never heard Craig Bellamy say it's about the players. He doesn't even go into it because he doesn't even need to sell that side of his personality. You know, think about any lie you've ever told or any time you want to take heat off one area, you know, you say something to try and, you know, lead, you know, put people off the scent. That's what a good salesman does. I don't think Bellamy has that in him. He never has to say shit like that because he just genuinely is acting in the best, you know, best interest of his club at all times. So, and I'm like you. I, I think that even right now, like I think Melbourne win the title this year, and I have a newfound respect for them for some reason on the back of just the fact they can keep finding a fucking way to do it. Mm. But at the same time, it's like I also agree with like, you know you don't want the heat on you don't play grubby tactics like the hip the hip drop tackle that's happened twice now like you know what I mean like stop yeah like it's like it there's a the there's narrative a the narrative never stops yeah, yeah exactly um, the final piece to the puzzle you spoke to uh, the, the jaded ex-girlfriend uh, with Benny Eichen who both of us you know were, were quite glowing in, in what we thought Eichen could bring to and the role I still think he could if for some reason he gets the role Dave Donahue, who's currently the CEO at the Melbourne Storm it seems like he's in the box seat or he's the, definitely the preferred candidate for the CEO role um, what that brings to the Broncos is a similar thing a, a, a real professionalism a real expectation of, of what a football club looks like it's no bullshit that's yeah. first and foremost that's that's the priority here is yeah, that I agree. it's right back to just nuts and bolts and we're going to get the most important things right and yep. then beyond that I'll continue to grow the business but right now the priority is football 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 department and I think by I think this is a real statement by the Broncos as an organization to be like okay we've got money we've got all the facilities we've got all the everything resources we could possibly need but let's cut the shit we're going to get the best of the best here and we need to put them into the right positions CEO coaching director and a coach that people that the fans are going to get behind and we are going to have to go full steam ahead because this is going to be a painful couple of years but we need to do it right yeah. build these foundations properly again yeah mate well i mean that's exactly right the the bricks the bricks you put on the bottom need to be the the most durable and and the strongest mm. so um i guess you know one thing i do worry about is if you're constantly po- like going after someone else's guys, you're only ever going to be as good as them, never better. But I guess we're in a position right now where We'd we just need to be anywhere better. To be better than so, um, look, I think you know, I think there's a reason they've ide- identified Dave Donahue. I think also it's an attractive position anyone, anyway, probably because you know he he obviously would demand a higher pay packet than Ben Iken would, and the Broncos again can afford to pay that to the right person. Um, you know, and anyone, you know, I guess Melbourne's just chugging along and he, you can look at the Broncos and say, do I want this challenge? Do I want to be part of this? Like, it's a big job. So you hope that someone's taking it for the right reasons. Um, I can't speak too much to Dave Donaghy and, and how he runs his football, his football club. I think, you know, I think the way that Melbourne handle their c- constant negative press and the way that, you know, everything is efficiently dealt with down there probably speaks to the fact that they have a very sound front and and back back office but um mate let's just let's just deal with one announcement at a time mm. honestly i think that 
as a fan, I, I mean, it's never going to happen because the Broncos are, you know, always front and back of paper. It would be nice to just slink into the background for a little bit, though, and let some of this stuff just happen organically out of the eye of you know, the yeah. Peter Bedells and the Joel Goulds and everyone Constantly ready to... knocking on the door every Chris day Gary, looking like, for the next story, story, story. anything yeah, to fill papers. Time. It'd be I nice agree. to just let this just happen we're the biggest we're the biggest story in town until we start winning football games so I'm sorry the next six months are going to be torture because every move every bit of recruitment everything that a Bronco fucking does in public is it mate it's the biggest story because it sells it's it's such a train wreck that it's selling in Sydney too so Mm. you know the hype is just unbelievable you know they need to start competing and winning games to be like oh the Broncos are on their way back now well the fun's over let's move our attention elsewhere (laughs) Uh, speaking of winning games and you know in all you know it's not Dave Donahue it's not Kevin Walters it's not Craig Bellamy that are going to be pulling on jerseys yeah. next year it's, it is yep. the, the 17 guys that will run out for round one and I mean this year has exposed a lot of guys who just yeah. you know here we were 12 months ago saying oh man we are we are, we are ready a blessing, to go. Yeah. like absolutely blessing with, uh, with the amount of riches we had and depth um, man cannot speak to that now it is I mean I've got a very short list here of guys that I'm I'm up on and I think they've had years where their stocks have risen and those are Jake Turpin uh, despite the injuries Tom Dearden you know what has only been a a brief glimpse of what this 19 year old kid can can offer Uh, Payne Haas Pat Carrigan Herbie Farnworth Katoni Staggs Xavier Coates and Jordan Rickey who you know that's on the fence anyone else in there that you agree with, disagree with? Um, Xavier Coates has sort of slipped out of my reckoning. I think he has a, I think he has a long way to go as mm. a footballer. I think his um, stocks have risen though. I was pretty low oh, on him. His stocks have risen, yeah, definitely. Um, mate, there's three other names that I've put right. in here who I've said I'm willing to give another chance. Matt Lodge. I don't think at any point this year was fit. I think no, that they he needs a good preseason. I think he was in denial a lot of the time as to how yeah, serious his injuries were. He looked unfit. Like, he looked sloppy. And a fit Matt Lodge is probably... Like, we keep talking about... I mean, you and I spoke last week about Aiden Tolman <laughs> publicly. Did we? You, you put it out there onto the draft thread. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm big, I'm top publicly big on Aiden Tolman. I think that he's a... Mate, you want to... You want a, a prop that can... You want a guy that's been around the game, you know... By all, you know, has anyone got a bad word to say about him? All the Bulldogs, even ex-teammates, are putting out fucking Instagram posts for him. I think he's held in a high regard, and I think that he does an amazing amount of work, and he's a point of difference to the kind of props that the Broncos have. Like I, Matt Lodge is a better Aiden Tolman. That is, I best. disagree. This Matt Lodge won the Shane Perry Shield two years ago. Yeah. But I, I, I think that they're a completely different kind of front row forward. So he's a psycho. He's an absolute psycho. If we can get him fit, he is, yeah, yeah. He is Matt Lodge's he's going to be the guy that... battering ram. Aiden Tolman's your toiler. He's your toiling prop. Like he's not your. Why can't Tom Flegler become that? Well, because he's got so much to work on in mm, his game. Yeah, but like, Aiden Tolman. I'm, I'm talking about a short term fix. I'm yeah. not talking about you know, you know, mate. Flegler can become that. We don't have time to fucking 
wait five years. Like to develop these kids in public. Mm. Like we need to find stop gaps and we need to send these kids back to a point where they're fighting for spots and and learning their craft rather than learning it and being fucking embarrassed on the big stage. So to me, Tolman's like a plug and play guy. I would pick him over Offa Hengawi. I'd pick him over fucking all those other guys. Like I'd still start Lodge, no doubt. Like, yes, a fit Lodge is fantastic. Lodge and Haas. Still believe that they are our front row pair going forward, but bringing Aiden Tolman on to shore up the middle after that, absolutely. And another guy um, who will be there starting next year. I don't know where we'll be playing him or what uh, Kevy's got intended for uh, the job keeper himself, TPJ. Um, man, talk. Alex Glenn stocks plummeted. Uh, Tavita Pangai not far behind. Rock bottom. Mate. Um, Tavita Pangai Junior is in the penny stocks now. Yep, and the taste he's left is yuck. Um, just uh, really. He's got a lot of good football to do to get back. I mean, a couple of good games, and he'll be he'll be everyone's darling again. But um, for me, the big question with TBJ is, what is he? Mm. Is he an edge back rower or is he a middle forward? That's the big million dollar question. The thing that excited me, both coaches again had their strong points. I thought Paul Green could turn him into a great thirteen, fantastic thirteen, right? got all the things he's got the footwork he's got the offload he's got all of that kind of stuff right you've been saying this for a year and a half though but also on the edge I think he does a good job for us look at Kikau he's got the reputation but he doesn't have to overplay his hand he just plays really well in a nice tight channel for Penrith some games he does nothing he goes missing but you know sometimes you're going to get that from TPJ with the rest of that four pack so and I mean I'm not telling you I, I don't know what he's going to mm. be but I think that with our back row stocks he probably has to be a back rower yeah I agree but I, he has to be fucking drilled down on his roles and responsibilities definitely yeah, absolutely and, and accountability and all kinds mm. of things like you know this, this, this team him, this but. team is you know you could what Tavita has shown us as a footballer, I mean, this, it echoes across this entire squad at times. They're a squad of guys that want to be the heroes. They want to be on the highlight reels. They often don't want to do the boring shit. They don't want to do the, the nasty one percenters. They're quite happy to be the third man in on the tackle and yeah. then hang around at first marker. You haven't earned the right to be the first marker. No. Get your ass back the 10 metres. Agreed. Like, everyone's looking for the easy way out. Everyone's looking for a, you know, a... a, a a halfback to run at you know that's yeah. that's the mentality of this squad and they need to basically be shown and that's what you speak to Aiden Tolman and he might be someone that can show them what you know professionalism looks like and I know that seems silly from a guy that's won fuck all uh, I mean a guy that's been to a couple of grand finals but long time has ago. shown up has, yeah okay but but unlike a Ben Teo, has shown up week in week out and provided consistent performances in a good and shithouse football team mm. I mean if you watch the Bulldogs, tell me that Aiden Tolman's not in your top three performance every week. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a guy that has proven and made a career over 10 years long of turning up to be at the coalface. What does Paul Kent call him? Toughness and tomorrows. That's what you need to be signing. Toughness and tomorrows. So if you can't Short-term tick one gaps. of those boxes, toughness, Aiden Tolman... You know, tomorrow, a guy that's going to give him something. Tomorrow's is Aiden the. Aiden Tolman. It's the. No, short... he's not a tomorrow. The tomorrow's is the investing in these guys is that it? are actually going to grow into something. Huh. You know, toughness and tomorrow's the two different guys you want to have. Either guys that are going to, you know, put a bit of grunt into this team, fix some problems, and, you know. Get about their job. And, and probably lift everybody. The training level lifts. You know, the competition for spots lifts. And then these, these tomorrow's are having to fight their way up. They're We've not just got getting... enough tomorrow's. We've got enough tomorrow's. We just need yeah. toughness. 
more toughness. Give me some more Absolutely. toughness. Well, we've got enough tomorrow. We've got a, there's, there's enough kids in that middle rotation right now that need to be back playing cup. And, you know, Jordan Ricky, yeah, I agree. He, he had a great finish to the season. But he fucking carries on like an imbecile on TikTok. Like, for all, you know, like, they need to be taught a lot of lessons as men, as, both as footballers. So we've got enough tomorrows ready to go in the oven. We need toughness now. <laughs> Pajama party for the rest. Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about Benji again. Like, fuck. Benji called out Milford as fucking fat and lazy when he was here. As he always does. Eight eight reps instead of ten. Benji Marshall. He knew what was up. Um, one guy's name that didn't feature in that list, and I just don't know where or what is to come of Jack Bird. Um, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I've, like, everything that he showed in the preseason this year, you thought, this, this could be... You know, something. You know, just something, something yeah. for Jack Bird, you know. But here we are. The story's still there that we're willing to pay half the freight, you know, for any suitor that wants to take his contract it's on. It's be the Bulldogs, isn't it? Well, if, you know, they're... Trent Barrett's shown an interest. But I, I, I think that the board at Canterbury probably go, mate, there's no way. Like, too injured. And we have to take the positive in that. We've got we to gotta hope that for some reason he can, he can get through. I mean realistically right now he's probably our fullback for yeah, next year definitely that's what he has to be and um, but you know you're basically shooting yourself as to at which moment is what part of his body going to expire for yeah, us Canterbury must have felt with Kieran Foran like they know that he's, a, he's like, got I mean, the potential there Des has us doing again to Manly like off topic mm. that's what Des does he buys the fucking weirdest players it's like <laughs> you've got Cade Cust there um, and you've gone and bought Kieran Foran like what the fuck are you thinking he wants to play him at nine. Oh, spare me he couldn't he <laughs> fucking ran into three tackles and he'd pop a shoulder Ow. spare me mate get the stretcher um, yeah so like Jack Bird I think I think we end up being stuck with him I, I actually don't think well unless someone bribes an awesome deal out of us I think that for, for how far we've come with him we may as well take the risk and see if we can fucking get something out of him as our number one and also have him training with a pseudo number one, unless we can buy someone. Like, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Then you're going to, you know, there's no tough fullback you're going to be able to attract to get us, done, you know, doing a job. And there's none of the great ones are going to come here now. No, there's a, the free agent market is thin. There's nothing out there. There's, there's one guy I'd try and get. I'd try and pry drink water out of the Cowboys mm. to play fullback. He struggles to defend in the front line. He struggles. He's not a great defender. But he's a brilliant attacker with Definitely. space. Look at the passes he Mate, was throwing absolutely. on the weekend. With Morgan and Clifford there, I would be doing all I could to break him out as you, as my long-term fullback option because there was a reason he was ahead of Pappenhausen at the Storm and I think that with the processes we could potentially put in place, he could be a great signing for the club. Definitely. Oh. Um, anyway, we can go into like my the guys that I've identified as who I'd be trying to go after. Yeah, please. Oh, you want to go into it now? I've, I know Aiden Tolman on that list and I know that Scott Drinkwater is another one on that list. Is there anyone that you would give a memo for Kevy and say, we'll post it, no, not there's his a, test for day one. There's saying, another guy, um, the storm of short-term signed Ricky Latelli. Oh, yeah. Premiership winner at Canberra and he got a game on Super the weekend. League. And... I just listened to the reports that guys like Ennis made about him and about the effort that he gave on the field for the Sharks and stuff like that. And he found himself in that weird position where his value was probably a bit more up than what the Sharks could afford to keep him as a long-serving, you know, not a star player, but 
really handy guy that would have been picked as a team and week in and week out. And if all that seems to be true, I think that, you know, I love Herbie Farmworth, but I've watched him really closely for the last month. And his defensive technique as a centre has a lot of work to do. Mm. Letting the player get to his outside, outside is so risky. Um, I, he's another guy that I think could bring that toughness and that you know that work ethic into the team. Um, you know, Tolman and Drinkwater were my big two. I think that they could plug big holes. I'm not too into the Benji thing. I, I, I don't think I don't think buying Benji does anything other than if he was willing to play reserve grade or be around the squad because I think Dearden needs to have control of this team. And I genuinely think the one good thing about Kevy is his relationship with Milford and what he can potentially do. And I mean, it's like a free hit for me to say this because he can only really get better for Anthony. But we're talking about a guy that has, you know, at least when you think about the relationship they're going to have, we're talking about a guy that's blooded him in origin, called him up, you know, always had his back publicly. So there's gonna, there's a bond there. He was his halves coach at, in 2015. When yeah, he went to the grand yeah, final. that part. And then he, you know, gave him his origin debut. And he also called him in in, in 17 or 18 um, at a, as a last minute thing because he, he rates him highly. So, you know, and he's always publicly supported Anthony. So I think there's a bond and a respect there. Can Milf play for Kevy? I think there's more of a chance than Seabold. Uh, but again, that's a that's a free spin for me to say that. But it is it is a potential thing that we could we could see with Kevy taking taking the role there. So I'm happy enough with where that could potentially mm. lead to. So that was more of a uh, Benji. If he was to come, he, he's going to be serving as a as a backup, and he's just going to be there in the same yeah. vein that we're trying to say is that we're just trying to raise the floor here, and we're going to try and show. Guys. Just around training, well, and just the way I, the one thing I will give Benji is I, I was I was not a big fan of him five years ago, but I think he's had a really big lesson in humility, and you know his once reputation and and to what he is now. I think the way he holds himself through adversity, a bit of media scrutiny, is is a good example for young guys. Definitely, I think that, you could te- um, teach this squad a lot about humility. Yeah. We are the Benji Marshall Auckland Blues right now. Big like, time. We- yeah. That's what the Broncos of 2020 so, are. Guys with potential that aren't hitting it. And that was what Benji was at the Dragons and when he was, you know... But now he's got that humility to say, well, you know, the game owes me nothing and that's just how it worked out for me at the Tigers. So, but again, it's just, it's a pointless buy. I, I don't think... I'm looking for guys in key positions like Tolman, a back rower, Latelli at centre or someone else like that, Drinkwater, like really key positions because Drinkwater, if you watched him for the Cowboys... You know, and he was on a bit of a roll at six for them. I, 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 he's still a number one to me, and he's he's stuck behind Valentine Holmes at mm. at um at the Cowboys. So I like that all of those that you speak of there are realistic. I mean, we yeah, can, mate. I'm not here. I mean, to, I'm all, not here to throw pie in the sky stuff. Like I've generally thought about re- guys that you could realistically go to market and get. Like, and Paul Ken again was a big inspiration on that with Manly. Uh, New Zealand just identified they needed Adam from Black. They needed a really big bopper, like a front rower that just fucking led the front. They went and got him. They found a way to get him. You just got to find a way to get a guy like mm. Drinkwater. You just have to do it. He's gettable. And we are a powerful club. I know our stocks have never been yeah. lower, but we should be able to go out and attain He's gettable. the talent that we need. And as I said, like they're not they're not monsters. They're not, you know, they're not ungettables. Like these guys are guys that want to play a position. And yeah. they have an opportunity to play that position on the biggest stage. You know, Absolutely. Like 2021. The lights are going to be back on at Suncorp. The We're going to be in there. We'll be in there. 
filing in. Coach Kevin Walters. You the crowd will lose it. Um, any, other, anything, any other comment before we move on to some fan questions just about the year that was, what's coming in the off-season into next year? Um, no, just like... Um I'm glad it's over. Like I said, uh, I'm looking forward to time away from it. I, I like you know you and I. It's it's really hard. We get sent a lot of messages too, and it's really hard to even emotionally commit to to answering them because you, mm. it, it's just the same rinse. It's like coronavirus. It's the same rinse and repeat shit mm. every if, day. Um, if next year we can have a Broncos team that plays with an effort that they can hold their own heads high. It just show exactly shows if you can show me some growth week on week shows a bit of you know attacking improvement some cool stuff in their game and just you know like and 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 some people are better at, at watching a game regularly than others I, I watched South the other night as they dismantled the Roosters and I thought what's different about them tonight and the thing about a Wayne Bennett coach team right is their structure is always nice. The way they move across the field and, the, and 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 points on the field. So they get to good points on the field. They never look like they're unsure of where they're going. Whereas, we, like, the Broncos this year, like, let's just say it. They had no idea where the fuck they were going. They're just, like, looking for the next... It was like under sixes on a on a, on a a grown-up scale. Just take the ball and hit up. Like, we, we're finding our point, ourselves in points on the field. Whereas, you know, a good team is working to a structure. So let me use South as an example. South, um, they don't have a forward pack to get them into a place to use. They have this beautiful back line, right? But their forward pack just doesn't have the punch, really, Hmm. to keep them in the contest with a Roosters or a Storm consistently week in, week out. But you watch them week to week, they still get to their spots and they stay in the game grinding because, you know, they get through their set, they get to their fifth tackle and they make a smart option. You know, there's a structure to to the way that they're playing their 80 minutes. And all Wayne does is is get them amped up. And when they do it like they're fucking running on crack, they can do what they did to the Roosters. Hmm. But, but the guys that are enabling that are Damian Cook, Cody Walker, No, Adam no, no, but he, he put a firecracker up the Liam Knights and the Tom Burgesses to get over the top of their yeah, opposing talking about structurally, like, they, like they've got... Oh, yeah, they've got, yeah, they've got great they, players. That's how yeah, they yeah. do it because... Yeah, but, but when you train as a professional week in, week out, you should understand where you're fucking going. Yeah. I don't care fucking how inexperienced you are or you aren't even the Tigers get to points on the field with Luke Brooks he just can't pull the trigger Mm. you know what I mean like you train week in week out you should know what you're doing not missing the boat we've spoken about this a thousand times I want to see a team where I've got forwards hitting the fucking advantage line running with width off the ruck so not getting caught by the markers and the good teams having genuine support options so you're not missing the boat you know you've got to sell the story you can't run up to the line with a supporting you know to take the three-on-one tackle off if they don't look like they're an option to take the ball. Exactly. They're just jogging up like, you know, as a defender, you know that he's not going to get the ball. Like, you just want to see that kind of stuff. Like, all the little things start to click. If you and I can sit here next year and speak to game analysis, actually be able to identify things that we're doing well, better, things we need to improve on instead of just this blanket thing where it's just like, this team is even unidentifiable as a first grade football side and that's what it's truly been yeah. for about two months Agreed. now where we couldn't even sit here and, and X's and O's you guys like we can't even you know speak to we can't break the game down because there's no game to break down yeah. it's literally just scrambled eggs like that's what it is <laughs> that is that is it that's it scrambled eggs and we threw an, we threw a 19 year old in at 7 during that time and said hey save us and we're lucky to come out with still a, a, a guy that's 
got his brain not scrambled eggs. Um, let's do some fan questions. Hey? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do some quick ones. Um, all right, Maddie, Maddie T, what's doing, bro? Tough season for Maddie, I'm sure. Who uh, uh, biggest contributor on the mighty Brisbane Broncos Facebook page? What is he doing, bro? I I hope that you know there's better in store for you, Maddie. Um, what the f has happened to Corey Oates? Does he have a future here? And could Kev get the best out of him? What's his best position? Uh, I'll take this one. Yeah, so I, I said this to someone the other night. I, I don't think Corey Oates is finished. Um, and this is going to shock a few. I watched him the other night and the classy touches to his game are still there as far as, you know, his leap for the ball. Um, admittedly, like everyone attacked me on that with he got found out in defense a couple of times by Kyle Felt. But you got to remember, um, Katoni Staggs went down early. Um, Richie Cannon got shifted from the opposite wing to be his centre. They probably hadn't communicated all week. Like, it was going to fall apart. Like, that's what happens when you lose a key position like that and you start shifting wingers to centres. It just fucking doesn't work because a winger is a winger and a centre is a centre, right? But pressure happens to any yeah, first-grade footballer. Yeah. And I mean, put- Drinkwater and Holmes' passes were beating him and he was finding himself in no man's land. But, to be fair, if he's not in a bit, they get scored in on his inside shoulder. If he's out, like he's the thing yeah. I worry about Corey Oates is that he looks at ball movement in a back line like he's never seen football before. Yeah, like, I agree. He honestly he looks stands like there in at the moment. He looks like he looks like a fucking mummy. He's wrapped up with that many bandages. He's got compression on both his quads. You know, he, one of his knees is strapped up. I think that, uh, like, obviously, like the Seabolt thing didn't work. I think that Kevy's probably the guy that can can ask the best of him. His best position is a winger. We need to Correct. stop this shit about the back row. So if I, if I'm the coach, I'm sitting down saying, "Hey, if you ever thought there was a crossroads in your career, you're at it now. Because if you want to play first grade and maximise for the next five years, then you need to double down harder than you ever have before. Mm-hmm. You need to, you know." When we all slip off our perch, even as young men, it doesn't matter whether it's in your profession, in with your girlfriend, whatever it is, when you get there first and when it's all new and fresh, you're actually giving 110%. And then you subconsciously believe you're still giving that effort when you're slowly slipping and slipping. And to me, that probably looks like where Corey Oates is at is in his career. So he needs to ask himself, how badly does he want to be here anymore? Like Because it's beyond the year-on-year contract thing with him. Like He's had an awful year. Hmm. He's 20... Five, twenty-six years he's old. He's not that old. He he's looks not like that he old. could be forty. He needs, you know, he's he's a new dad. The squad, you know, it's the confidence, and he's found himself probably in no man's land with that roster. Like, who are his friends in that team? You know, like mm. because he looked like he was closer with the Matt Gillettes and the Josh Maguires, all that Definitely. cast that's gone. Yep. So he probably doesn't know where he fits in that squad anymore. But I do believe that he is has a serviceable part to play and I would not be surprised to see some of the better choreos come back under Kevin Walters. Uh, the only benefit of the doubt that I will give him is that we are not going to be blessed with options. I think that he will take one of those wing spots come round one next year. Yep. I worry that he doesn't have the brain for football in 2021 you know what I'm saying like as in well, like the it's, game it's the game's, simple though it's like, like it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a genius's game I if know you it's want not... to stay here in Brisbane and have your little happy family with fucking Gino's daughter um, this is your last year obviously and you're mm. only getting fucking yearly contracts from here on out but if you don't perform you'll be dropped after three games 
you will not play for the Broncos again, and you'll go and have to start playing for those piddly fucking 200 grand contracts at teams like the West Tigers and the Bulldogs. Hmm. So you ask yourself what you want. You just never, you just don't see other teams and be, have and, as and, many calamitous errors. Like they're just like, no, oh, agree, another silly mistake there from Corey Oates. Oh, Corey Oates cut, caught in no man's land again. It's like, it was never ending and it just you know there was there wasn't enough good to outweigh this constant yeah. barrage of bad I think in all and that it, you forget how good he is at his best yeah. and, and I'm not saying he can get back to his best but again he needs to mould himself into a player a la is, Josh Mansour you know go oh, and he'll never be a Josh Mansour but a la like a Chris Lawrence or someone that's oh. constantly giving the best of their ability mm. and making sure they're minimising this, their floor would be great to get yeah. the work rate that Josh Mantle puts out though oh, like he's, a, he's a body you know he's a Mate, body absolutely please That's, that would be a dream oh, the source um, Adam uh, is it already alarm bells that to have Kevy as head coach they need the calibre of Bellamy to hold his hand <laughs> he's had his name attached to a lot of top jobs and everyone has passed there has to be a reason mm. yeah uh, yeah I mean Kevy the concern with Kevin Walters for us, and hey, listen, all the glowing stuff we've had to say about Kevin in the last two weeks is a far cry from the things that I said about him six months ago. Um, I worry that he is easily flappable. I can't imagine he interviews well because he can't even, in his actual job being a analyst on Fox Sports where he's paid good money to do so, I worry that he can't even do that very well. Um, so I am dare say that the reason he hasn't uh, got any of these top jobs is because when he's put on the spot, you know, with a tough question in front of a panel, hasn't really got the words to, to tell us what he actually is trying to do. I think I can give him the benefit of the doubt that day in, day out, when he gets to know his squad and he's, you know, mates with them all and their families and whatever, that yeah. he can, that the, like, he will find a way to show them what it takes to win six premierships like he's, you know, he has done. Um, alarm bells that Kevy need someone like Bellamy yeah I think it also it's like is a sign that the, the Broncos aren't mucking around like they're like we need these safety nets one of them is the two year deal it's like hey we're not going to do anything stupid like a five year with an option with no with no uh, performance clauses within the contract we we're can't gonna... scrape the turd off if we go through another year like this mm. Mm. well <laughs> you know what I mean? tell you what he's, he's this is a tough job I don't care who's taking this job Kevy, whether it's... You can't plunge this one out. You can't... Like, this turd is here to stay if, if, if you go through another two years. So, yeah, they're going for the big guns. Mm. Uh, any, anything more to, to add to that? Uh, look, I think Adam's right on the on the ball there. I think, yes, he's had his name attached to a lot of top jobs. I think, I think um, it's been pretty open that the Broncos is his coveted job. So, if I'm at another coach, I'm thinking... At another club, you know... Think of your yeah. Stone. Think of your Ivan Clearies and stuff like that. You're thinking, you know, does he actually want to be here? Because we think he wants that Broncos job, and and will he leave us if that job becomes available to him? Kind of thing. Um, so there's that. I mean, my biggest issue with with Kevin Mate is 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 the results that are on on the sheet. You know, mm. you can't argue with statistics of, of win loss and what you haven't haven't done. Um, look, I think. I genuinely believe that as origin coach, he's gone okay. I think that 
he did a great job to turn the series with the injured Thurston year and stuff like that, but he still had Cameron Smith there to pull the shots for him. I think I questioned some of his selections last year, but you forget they were actually going to win the series until the 79th and a half minute mm. uh, with a team that had, you know, compare it to the New South Wales team, you had Moses by playing centre. I mean, yep. for whatever reason, he had, you know, but that's a different kettle of fish when you're asking guys to play on emotion and pride and, and respect only three times a year. So... Um, Oggy and I just like I mean that just sums it up doesn't it like this is where we're at mate and uh, buckle in because we're gonna fucking ride like, we're all riding this I one together like, it feels like a little bit with Kevin it's like mate like, turn the lights off and all Broncos fans come in and fucking hold each other because we're we're going, we're going on this shit ride together yeah, and whatever happens and Kevin oh man I can't help but this whenever I think of Kevin Walters I think of you stuttering like, too well well well, can he, have they have they said when Craig would take up that option? <laughs> and he's, you know, he's like, because of the thing that like he was going to get the job two years ago, and it's the dream job that he always wants. He just feels like that desperate dude that just keeps asking the hot girl out time and time again, gets rejected hey, every but sometimes time. Sometimes those guys end up marrying the hot girl. And persistence has paid off for Kevy. And is he going to marry the hot girl? Probably not. He's probably going to waste two years of his life and <laughs> never oh, date again. Mate. No, let's stop Think it. Positively, can't Kev. Anything else on the fan front? Uh, well, you got the. Oh no, that was the Michael Stover question. I so I've you, I've got I've got them open on Facebook. Here, I got mate. here, Michael. Uh, what are you expecting next year? And what do you expect from Kevy as a coach? Uh, let's just be. Let's keep it real general. What are we expecting? What What? Oh, I expect we... to miss the finals. I expect to win. Minimum. My 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 barometer for Kevy is six to eight games out wins. of a twenty-five round season. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. 16 yeah. points that'll get you, you know, 8th, 10th to 12th. I mean, let's six be... 6 to 8 wins? Yeah. 6 to 8, yeah. With, yeah, with yeah. buys that'll get you 18 points. It gets you knocking around that, that gross group that is, you know, consistently made up of the Tigers. The Dragons at the moment. The Dragons. You know, you'll be in that mix. I, I expect to be in that mix. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... We are every chance of being in the bottom four again. Yeah, like that's... I, I, let's not sugarcoat it. This team showed that unless something dramatic happens in the next six months, there's a long yeah. way back. You know, at least they listen to me and he starts listening to this podcast and signs Drinkwater and Tom. And you get a couple of signings in there and we could be ninth through 11th. You know, like I, yeah. I think that... Fans need to come into next year with a reality check. I think that Carl Morris, who is the chairman, which means that his job is to chair the board. His job is not to speak to the media and leak stories and no, even and even pass opinion on anything. If he just shuts up and we just we don't have to do the, the media spin every time being like the expectations always top four and you know grand finals are where the Broncos need to be and want to be. That's just shut needs, your mouth. Focus on football. That story needs to be put yep. away for a little while. And yeah, let's just work on being better each yep. week to week and hopefully that means that within 12 months we're, we're back talking finals yeah. football alright uh, I'll just rip through a couple with you go go uh, Dan Smith do you ever think we'll get to know the method behind Seabolt's madness <laughs> re-team selections <laughs> Dan I am not sure but I would not be fucking holding my breath for that mate I think that um, I think that Seebs would be trying to find the corners in a round dark room right now. And, um, yeah, mate. Uh, look, 
it's part of part of the, like coaching narrative one on one these days is sell yourself and you know he'll roll out some fucking enthusiastically you know suspenseful bullshit as to why he does his thing and you'll get the memoir one day I just think that, Dan, you know, I one think day with, I think with Steve's just just lock that one in in the fucking back to the future fucking time capsule and try not to dig it up for another 30 years hoping that we've won another six premierships by then like those sad time capsules you would have done in like grade five or six that mm. no one's ever digging those things up and no. someone's probably left I think, a, I think I, left I, a if someone dug there. up mine I reckon fucking Nicole Arthur would know that I had the hots for her anyway Chad <laughs> Pennell <laughs> do you know that they, honestly there'll be a memoir one day like, there'll be something that Seabold will, will come out that'll, they'll do a you know, my time at the Broncos yeah and he'll but he'll he, it's easy for Seabold he can accuse the board of white anting him and all sorts of stuff so he's got enough excuses there you know, but that's when we'll find it that's when we'll find it all out Chad Pennell please don't give Boyd any more airtime. he's already stealing oxygen from us well Chad from now on we will not be giving uh, Darius any more airtime. he is finished and this is the official last time you'll hear from him on six again. We could do a Kebby thing where he bans the words, you know, he yep. like bans blues, bans this is the the Kevin we'll Walters only rule. Ever know him as Kayla from now on. Warren Pereira, thoughts on rumored play for Dave Donahue, CEO. Any insight on Neil Henry if he'll be on Kevy's coaching staff? Well, Warren, if you listen to the pod, I believe we have probably spoken to those points enough. And we don't know any more than we know, mate. James Hope. On the assumption we have cap space after after not signing for feeder, what position do you think we need to sign and who may fit the bill? Well, I've said my thing. Do you have anything you want to add to that? I've always said key positions. We need to fill key positions. There's, you know, as you can see, uh, especially towards the back end, you know, when you've got guys like Isaac Luke, Sean O'Sullivan, you know, Darius Boyd having to return to fullback, you're yeah. a rudderless ship. And it's a story that we've said about the Broncos for, for years that, you know, we're, we're the, the big boat with no one at the wheel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got a guy that we think is competent in the seven now. Give him some support. Yeah. I know that Jake Turpin will help that, but I think one other key position, whether that's a one or a six, you see like with South, like, you know, they've got three of the four filled and look what they can do. They put their, themselves into the, I'd the say right four spots. of the four. Oh, God, please. Luttrell, Reynolds, Walker. But they haven't been playing. I mean, they had Corey Allen there on the weekend. Oh, dear. Where did he come from? Oh, Broncos, Broncos. Junior. And it just yeah. shows you what a guy in a good system after time can start to look okay. Anyway, I think one of the key signings I also want to make on the back of that Jake Turpin comment you just said is we need to make sure that strength and conditioner is someone that can keep our players injury-free. Because mm. we need him to stay on the park. Uh, Jamie Ma, thoughts on Aiden Tolman on a cheap one-year oh. deal. Well, Jamie, five stars for you, mate, because if you listen to the dribble I've just talked for the last hour, you would know how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, underneath the deck, you Damien Torrey, put this on your fridge. This man will win the Broncos a Premiership. Kevy Walters, well, he's already won five of them for us and one for Canberra. Um, I think that's about it. And I think we're about... Oh, hey, Travis Harley. When are you doing a potty gender reveal? <laughs> Fuck off, Travis. Um, Mitch, I've got here a little list of uh, of men that you've named oh. in your Queensland state of origin side. And it's now, all changed. This has all changed since. Now, with the Broncos uh, obviously booted, uh, we've got finals footy to look forward to. But as a uh, you know a cold-hearted origin hater, mainly because of what it's done to uh, to the Broncos over the last decade or more, I'm actually really looking forward to origin this year. Yeah. This is you've never seen an underdog team like this. For that maybe you know we're going on. You had to go back nearly 20 years when I think we've been this deep in a hole, yeah. uh, struggling for troops. So this is like a fatty Lord 95. Yeah. This is like a 2001 Alfie bring him back sort of like kind of setup. You sent me a list of guys you thought 
would be yep. the 17. It's changed again since then with injury and suspension. But give us a little insight into what Mitch Edwards' State of Origin team for Queensland looks like. Okay, well, game uh, a bit of... Bit of uh, last night, if you were watching NRL 360, um, Buzz and Hoops tossed up. Ponger at six, Munster in the centres... Which I don't hate because I think Munster can defend in that position well, but I hate it for Ponger at six. It's a big job for a guy like that. And Who do they I'm want? Not really... at one? Yes. Now, aye, aye, aye. with the injury, so this was the team that I came up with prior yep. to all the all the suspensions. So we I had Ponger, Felt, Gagai, TBA, and it's not Moses Mboy, which you put in there. <laughs> Valentine Holmes on the other wing. Munster, DCE. I prefer Jamal Fogarty, but DCE is the captain. Unfortunately, we have to have that limp dick lead us. Papali, Jake Friend, and Christian Welsh. That's just pure big game experience. I think Friend has been in so many big games. It's his time, and I don't think he should be skipped over for Harry Grant, although he makes my team later on. Felice Kafusi and Luke uh, Kurt Capel in the, in the back row. I mean, Fafita Jr. would have been a lock there. Kafusi isn't... You know, the world's best player, but that's about all we have as far as second row stocks go. And Capel's going well for Penrith since his return from injury. Definitely, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, he looks good on the Jai Arrow is my lock. And then I brought Harry Grant on the bench because I think that if worse came to worse, you'd keep Friend and Grant on the field at the same time and just have some lurking this year. I mean, with with the injuries, you, we've got to do something different. I had Tino Fasuama Luawi. Lindsay Collins and either Josh Maguire or Pat Carrigan as my last one. And I'd probably lean towards Maguire for his toughness and his big game experience. I just think with Carrigan, I've got him in, in the squad and around the squad. Definitely. I, think, I don't think forwards are our issue there. I think that, that saves us from having to go down the Jared Wallace route, the, um, you know... Joff and Gowie. Joff and Gowie, Dylan Napa route. I think those guys are, are guys that are performing and um, I think they can do a job. I think that with the pack, you know... As much as New South Wales have that, you know, this forward pack they can pick from, you know, Paul Vaughan didn't even make their squad because he's out of form. Like, you can only pick a certain amount of guys and, and I, I genuinely think those guys can compete with New South Wales forward pack-wise. Mm. Now, problem, problem being the back line. Okay. Back line. Now, so, this is what I want to do. Part, now, what, this is what I want to just point out before okay, you, you go, go you too go. deep in it because Cole Phelps now... He's injured. out. Uh, and Valentine Holmes is Holmes. probably going to be suspended. For round for just the first game. Yep. Be back for the second game. So we've got we've got Valentine Holmes game two, game three. The the I reckon he should fight it and get off. Well, I think he took the early guilty plea, which Fuck is him. a shame. Uh, I think common sense would suggest that Dane Gagai plays wing. And we're trying to because it's all I think it's I think it's easier to fill two center spots than it is okay, to try and to find a winger. Talk to me. Say it, baby. So you're either gonna bring in an actual center Moses Zenboy and Ari Tuala, someone like that. I don't like either of these. I think, honestly, they need to go with... I think I think that Kurt Capewell is going to be playing centre. I do think that. I think that they're going to just stopgap it and put someone defensive in there. It'll mean that they bring in Tino into the starting team, something to that tune. I honestly think that there is not enough centres out there because Michael Morgan... The free cow, hit, mate. The, the it's a free hit this year, and I'm going to tell you how you fix this problem right now. I'm... I think Greg Inglis is a chance. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I think Inglis and Smith are both the chance to play oh. this series. And a lot hinges Game on one. Melbourne and the grand final. Um, <laughs> but around that, I just think... I, I prefer Gago on the wing like you. I'm a big Gago because I would prefer not to pick Kyle Felt in this team ever because I actually hate him. And it's not just because of the grand final. I just think he's a rubbish footballer and a bad defender. I think what I would do... And I'd give them license to roam. I would pick Brimson as my one. 
I would pick Ponga as a winger. Holy shit. But with a license to roam, right? Not for Luma. Just, just get your best players on the field. Just get him out there. You know what I mean? Slot him in on different backline moves. You know, because then you've got the, you've got that sort of camouflage thing between him and in Brimson. You know, they can slot in and out, but they're both electric, quick players. And and like if you look at Brimson's turn of speed, it's unbelievable. So somehow you got to fit him in there, right? I don't want Ponga defending at centre. Wing is a bit easier, right? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you following me? Sure. Are you following me, baby? Can Ponga handle that workload out of the own, out of his own end? Sort well, of thing. I mean, he plays fullback already. Yeah, but he, he just he just hands it off to Edric Lee and his well, and his gonna, other. I think I think he proved in his DB series that he's up to doing a bit of stuff. Mm. Like you've got to ask the Ferrari to fucking go for a drive in the, the rain. Put you the know what I mean? Like put the all rains on. Yeah, mate. The Ferrari's going for a drive in the rain today. Like it's you know. But this is the thing, Ponger and Munster—they're the great white hope for Queensland. So it's like, boys, like you're going to head down a path where you get the lockier sort of treatment at some point in time. Like, hey, you're the guys that should be fucking taking control of this team. Mm. So you need to do something Everything, about this. So um, I'm going to just keep with Holmes on the wing because I think he comes straight into that wing spot either way, right? Yes. Um, I do think a guy like Anari Tuala might be in line. He's probably one of the guys they're looking at. I've been pretty impressed with him. Yeah, he loves holding on to the ball. He loves holding the pill. It's a bit Dane Nielsen-y. Uh, well, it's better than picking someone like Justin O'Neill. And I'm or... watching, I'm, and, and, and the other guys that are available that I think at a pinch you could pick, Brinko Lee at Melbourne and... Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Branco and, um, and his cousin, the guy I just mentioned, Ricky Latelli, oh, <laughs> Queenslander. Ronaldo Militalo is another guy from the Sharks. So is Edric. What a big Eddie. No, he's injured. Oh, he's... I mean, they're the guys that I think are genuinely the mix. I mean, if you pick Mo Zembai, you fucking have a wish to not win. He yeah, is. He is. A, he disgusts me. As a, like he disgusts me, mate. Yeah, well, he's sitting there on his pile of money, thinking, "Fuck six again." <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so you heard that right. Brimson at fullback, Ponger on the wing, Gagai in the centres, someone else in the centres, maybe Kurt Capel, but who then plays back row? Someone tell me. And Tino. Yeah, okay. And then we bring Carrigan on the bench. Yeah, that's I my mean, answer. Fuck. <laughs> it's got that real 95 vibe to it and like we're, no one's going to expect them to win so fucking you know they're going to do it. Go Maroons. All right. Guys, hey, just quickly, um, just for a bit of fun, give us a bit of feedback on that. And I fully expect some of you to pan the fuck out of me for it. But you know what? I like to think originally, I like to think different. I like to think that you don't have to go down the common track and that you can play everything on its own merit as a coach. Who do you think should be the coach for the oh, Queenslanders? Queensland? Uh, look, I think. Do you think Kevin can just look after it for... Nah, no, no. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think Kevin needs to finish the job this year because he's been in contact with all the players going forward. Um, Look, I think Paul Green would be a good Queensland coach. I actually do genuinely think that he could get the best out of good playing stock. But for me, I think Paul Green ends up being a um, club coach again one day. So I want. I think Wayne. I think Wayne, with all these guys at his disposal, would be a good dude. Would do a decent job. I think you're going to hear something from once the Broncos announcement goes public, goes in like they do the big hoo ha presser. Um, I think the Queen, the QRL, will make an announcement about what's going to even happen with this series. I think there's even talk that they might say, Kev, you know, you look after your Broncos stuff, and we're going to bring in a a Mal, a Wayne. Yeah, look, I, know, I think I think Kevy gets his chance. Yeah, like, I, I mean, he would have been planning the camps all year. Every, all the planning's would have been done. He'd been speaking to the players, and and realistically, the it's it's happening so quick fire that it's just yeah. like, hey, and we're, we're right there. We're yeah, on the doorstep exactly. now. Yeah, big time. Um, 
Guys, that is six again. That was a year to forget. <laughs> hey, just quickly before you, before you go, <laughs> Shane Perry Shield. Oh, bro. Uh, at the moment, as it stands, uh, with with two rounds to go, Pat Carrigan, Payne Haas, uh, are basically runaways. So there'll be some there'll be some points that need to be awarded for the last two rounds. Like the fact that Tom Dearden's uh, pushed up into third place on the uh, the podium. Uh, still two games to score there, and I, I mean there was no standouts. Like I will be. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to award it right here right now. I think Pat Carrigan is fucking going to take the Shane Perry Shield just yeah. for consistency, and he stayed on the field. I'm going to give. It, he was one point ahead, and I think over those last two games, just thinking in my head right now. I'd ha- well, I mean, Payne Haas didn't play one and he yeah. didn't light the world on fire in the lights game and I probably would award Carrigan one or two points anyway. He um, he was asked to do a lot. far too much this year. I mean, that's the reality of it. I bet you when he uh, rocked up to pre-season training last year, I bet you didn't think that he'd be captaining the club for, no. for the better part of the season. Um, you know, it'll put him in good stead. I think that he's come out of this with his stocks higher. Um, yep. The fact that we're even talking about him for an origin berth, it speaks to the man that he is. He's a young man. There's probably plenty more development in him. I hope that over this offseason, he does grow into the leader that can actually take this team forward. He develops more in his game. He shows a bit more width to his play, a bit more uh, ball movement, especially with engaging defenders, getting a ball out the back. Congratulations on the Shane Perry shield. I'm sure that, that won't weigh him down. Do you we could pick Israel for our origin? Oh. That'll do us. <laughs> Israel and G.I. back for Queensland. Thanks again, guys. Cue the song.